From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live out here at the Magnuson Hotel, of course, for the Hooked on Hope tournament. And I know that they're all getting in the boats. Lori's calling you. But we wanted to tell uh, Ronnie Green, thank you for coming by. And thank you. Give us some more information about your show because we're going to have you back on the show. Sure, I sure, mean, sure. we want you to come back. But uh, it's called The Fishing Story, which is a great concept. We'll get to talk more about it when you come back. But, again, for our listeners, when can they see the show? They can see the show every Tuesday at 2.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, again, our show is a little different from typical fishing show. We dive into the lives of people who have gone through tremendous right. life's experiences. And so you'll see some passion. You'll see some emotion. You'll see a little bit of everything, everything organically done. If you've ever seen the show The Story Trek that's on BYU where the guy goes around to people's homes and, and just gets their personal story about their lives and stuff like that, you do it but in a fishing setting. And I said, wow, what a, what a great idea because, dude, what do you do when you're on a boat? You're sitting there, and you're telling your story. You're talking like, oh, what did you do last week, Bill George? Oh, I fell and cracked my head open on my Yeti cooler, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. goes into this great story. Yes, yes. And you're more relaxed to do it. But, dude, seriously, I know you got to go, but, it, yeah. Ronnie. They are holding up the whole I know, tournament I know. for him to go there. <laughs> See you, brother. Thank you so much. And you much. know what? Thank you for your service. I Thank know, you. you know, I appreciate it. Once a Marine, it. always a Marine. Yes, sir. Super it's, fine. It's a shame they couldn't give you about four more inches, but it's all good. <laughs> and I mean in height. I'm he's, <laughs> he's really, really short. <laughs> Thanks so much. If you man. needed the extra four, they'd have issued it to you. <laughs> See ya, brother. Have fun out there today, man. And uh, we are broadcasting live. We are going to get Ronnie Green back on the show a little bit later on in the in the future for sure. But uh, we wanted to let everybody know that uh, it's happening today. I know the weigh-in's going to happen a little bit later. What they say around two thirty? Two thirty. Boats are in. That's what I thought. So if you want to come by, weigh-in. It's a picture. I, I know, but it's the celebration and the, uh, all the prices and stuff. Let's talk quiet it got. Yeah. Once those engines started up, man, it is like, look at all the boats. It, they are all queued up. I hope Glenn's out it, there taking pictures because it, it's, it's getting crazy out it, there. It is interesting watching each boat. They go out. One's inching a little further in front of the other. It's, it's like, a shotgun start, baby. You yeah. want You want to get out there and get her done, man. Uh, everybody wants to get the jump, everybody to go. Uh, I know these captains out here, they've probably been out there getting bait since early, early this morning uh, because they all came running in in mass. Remember that when they were oh, like 20, it, 25 it, boats coming in to uh, to come in and get pick up their well, – come in and pick up their fishermen for the day. Yeah. And uh, Lori's boat, he's getting on Lori's boat right now. He gets did you to, see the wrap on that boat? Yeah, yeah that wrap was Black beautiful. Blackjack Media did that thing, man. I mean, they did it, and it was a surprise. I saw it on Facebook yesterday. How do you yesterday. surprise wrap a boat? They, they were here. They were getting things set up. And uh, uh, they were putting all the banners and all that kind of stuff like that. And they were saying, hey, Lori, you got a minute? Let's walk out here to the beach for a second. I want to show you something. And they brought the boat in around the corner around Pinellas Point. She's like, is that my boat? Whose boat is that? Whose boat? And as it got closer and closer and closer, she was like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. <laughs> And it, I mean, it's beautiful. It is huge, ginormous wrap, you know, hooked on hope on the side. Hopefully we got a picture of it before we get out there so we can put it up there. But uh, she's going to be like the official chase boat 
to be out there. I know that uh, Ronnie Green from A Fishing Story is going to be on her boat. A lot of other people, some of the survivors that really can't uh, fish in the tournament but want to be a part of it are going to be on the boat. I mean, that's a big jump. It's a 25-footer. It's a gorgeous uh, 25 boat. foot? Yeah. That's way more than 25 foot. No, it's at least 25 before you get to the you 900 t- engine stuck <laughs> on the back of it. But she's going to be out running around being Lori today, so I don't think she's really fishing in the tournament, but she's going to be out there. Uh, if anybody needs anything extra, or water, or breaks down, or needs anything, she's going to be the one who runs out there and, and gets it done and fixes it. But uh, it's it's a great tournament. And it was nice to meet so many of these people out here that not only participated in this tournament, but like I said before, they're always in other tournaments as well, showing their support, whether it be for pediatric cancer, whether it be for uh, you know helping kids out with uh, all that kind of stuff. It, it's the wow. same guy, same group of guys that are doing it over and over and over, spending I, lots of money. Well, I turn around, I'm looking out there at all these boats, and it's amazing to me the variety of boats that you have. You know, there is – Everything from great big tower boats, uh, multiple engines on the back, to fairly average boat that the average person. Well, I don't have. see no John boats out there. No, I don't no. see. I don't see any Glenn specials. The twelve footer with the uh, electric uh, kicker on the back. <laughs> I don't see any of those out there. I don't know how far you get with one of those. Well, I wait. I wait for the start. I want to see it. I, I don't want to miss it. I'm sitting here, got my back turned, and what time is it? It should be started by now, didn't they? Yes, you held the guy up that was in charge of. So I, I, I'm the reason they're running yes. 10 minutes behind? Yes. Lori's still sitting here. It's not me. It's the pirates that she's putting on there. Who are all the pirates? Maybe, they, they, maybe they've taken <laughs> over the boat. I don't know. Uh, listen, uh, speaking of charity events, I wanted to mention this one, too. Uh, coming up on Saturday, November 10th, it's the 7th annual clay shoot tournament going on out at the uh, Fishhawk Sporting Clays. It's going to be out there in Lithia. It's one of our favorite places, one of our sponsors here on the show as well. Uh, it's going to be for unity in the community. They're going to be out there. It's a 50-bird tournament. You can go out there, bring your friends and family. If you want to be a sponsor, uh, it's about 2000 bucks for a platinum sponsor. It's a four-person team. You'll get your name, your logo, and the event planner. Plus, you'll have two stations, golf cart, sponsor gifts, all that kind of good stuff. They got sponsorships all the way down to like a buck twenty-five if you want to get out there and do that kind of stuff. But it's the uh, unity in uh, the community. You can go get more information at unityandplantcity.org to find out more. If you're going to do it as an individual, it's a hundred bucks. Four-person team. If you're a non-sponsor, it'd be four hundred dollars. After November first, it's going to jump up to a buck twenty. So now's the time to go and do it and get your slot. Uh, registration there begins at 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. It's the safety meeting and the shooting begins. And it's going to be a good time had by all. Man, I hope they got drone footage of that. <laughs> now, now, is that the first wave? Because there's one, two, three, four boats that are still kind of just waiting around. Maybe they're waiting to see what, where everybody else is no, going. No, what they're, these are the sneaky ones. They, everybody goes running off, and then they turn around and fish the docks right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do in bass tournaments and they usually end up in the top five because no one ever thinks to fish right here you, you don't know have to saying? worry about all that gas running the gas going everywhere you just fish right here well that one guy is fishing i think in that dark butt right there is there somebody fishing on further no way no that's funny 
I'm looking to see. There's one, two, well, I will three, say there four. is finally a good chop on the bay from all them boats taking Finally. Off. There's one, two, three, four event towards the Terracea area, and everybody else is headed towards the other side of the bay, over by Cockroach Bay. They're all headed that way and probably over by the kitchen and other places over in that area. Now you say the kitchen. What's the kitchen? It's on the other side over there on the Tampa side. It's a little What's inland area. It's real shallow. There? What? What's for breakfast there? It, it's well, redfish, ducks. I mean, that's a good hunting spot over there for ducks and stuff. You don't know. Oh, my gosh. How long have you lived here? I don't know the kitchen. I know Cockroach Bay. Well, it's north of that. So okay. it's over in the kitchen area. You, how in the world could you live here for any amount of time and all this stuff and not over here in the kitchen? I had a 14-foot John boat. We didn't We didn't travel as far as Glenn, the kitchen. have you ever heard of the kitchen? The kitchen? Yeah. He's eating in it a lot. I, I'm talking. No. He knows the fishing know, spot I've, over I've there. I've in the kitchen over there. And Told you. Not far Rookie, from uh, newbie. Big Dan. Who's this guy? Who did you just bring out of here? You just drug him out of the woodwork over here, and I stuck a headset on him. This is Evans. Can, can you Evans. push that a little closer to you there, Rookie? Sure enough. Well, Evans. Now, what does Evans do? What, did you guys mow lawns together? What the hell? Evans. Is Evan. But, uh, he's is he a at, cousin of yours from Plant City? <laughs> no, he's he, he's not a cousin of mine, but he's known my father-in-law ever since he's a little kid. Uh, well, so you are related somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, he's he fishes down there and uh, – and and our good friend Dave, Captain Dave down in uh, Marquette. Nope. What's it? I can't think of his name. That's why I brought him over here. Captain Dave who? Osborne. Nope. Wait on who? He, Captain Dave. He took your wife and y'all called a big Marlin. Marlin. Or, or excuse me, Tarpon. If I if my wife had called him Marlin, I'd still be married to her. And I might have. I can't even think of his name. It's just bugging the mess. What's of his it. name? We'll get to it. We're gonna <laughs> take a quick break. Don't go anywhere because we're gonna figure this out. We are Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, we'll be right back. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Well, the shotgun start has happened. There's not a boat left. Well, there's still one. One. That's Lori's boat. And it looks like she's got a boat load. She's she's got a boat load, and she's going backwards. I think that's a yacht. She's going backwards. Well, she's just wanting everybody to see the front of her boat. Uh huh. And of course, Braden, he done slipped off. He's trying to get what's left of the food. And uh, I tell you, sitting at the table with us is Captain Evan Merritt. Of all places, uh, I would never expected to see somebody from Lake Panasofsky sitting here at this big tournament. But it's a good surprise because that means that your dad's not in the woods, and I still have an opportunity to get up there and beat him, beat him to the punch. Exactly, and I still got the chance too. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you what, what are you here for the tournament? You're here to be a part of it or just stop by well, to support it? Support my mama. She had breast cancer and she's been fishing this tournament what, four years now? And wow. Just well, here to Nothing root better her own. than that to come That's out it. for uh, no better reason than to, to support your mom and of course uh, all those people that are are survivors and, and dealing with what's going on today. But uh, Born and raised up in Lake Panasofsky? Yes, sir. And then all of a sudden you decided, you woke up one day and said, I'm moving. Well, I I went to college up there close to home, uh, carried a job through. As soon as I got finished with college, I said, I, I want to fish. So I packed my bags and headed to Inglewood. So, so, so you, you spent how many years in college? Eh, three. Three? So you <laughs> said, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you woke up and said, I'm just going to move down. To English, and then, of course, you left all those big panfish, all those big shellcracker and bluegill that Lake Panasofsky produces year after year to go down and catch what? 
uh, redfish, snook, tarpon. You just got tired of eating all that freshwater fish and decided you wanted some saltwater atmosphere? You know, I found a few ponds down there. They've got some tilapia. <laughs> if, if I really get hungry for a freshwater fish, I'll do it. There you go. So down there in Inglis, so uh, how long have you been do- down in Inglis? Uh, Inglewood. Inglewood, uh, sorry. I've been there about five and a half, six years now. And you got your captain stuff and your full swing. You do that full time? Yes, sir. Get- I, I do charters and uh, I run a water taxi over to a little island down there, a little Gasparilla Island. So can I put my truck on there? You got room for my F-250 on your boat? Um, I mean, it's a 24-foot Carolina skiff, so probably not going to work <laughs> that, out too I, well. I bet you that 24-foot Carolina skiff would float his truck. I bet you it would. We'd have to build a few supports. <laughs> got to keep that thing from rocking as long as it's calm. Exactly. There's no wave. No. We'll be, we might you, be all right. You, would, you are underestimating the stability skiff. of a Carolina skiff. I know what Bill George's little eight-foot Carolina skiff does <laughs> with all them big alligators. Holds them up pretty good. So, yeah, that's a lot. they're a pretty good stout boat. Oh, I love them. But down there in Inglewood, so uh, you're going after some reds and a lot of trout. Uh, you doing any of the tarpon? Uh, yes, sir. Right now, I mean, there's a there's a school of fish right at the pass, probably 50-pounders right now. Um, are you, out are you, I have to ask this. Are you a jigger or are you a live baiter? Oh, come on, man. I, I got to know. I'm a live baiter. You're a live I'm baiter. I'm a live baiter. Are you, are you a jigger hater? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you the first time, in the, the first and only time I've ever tarpon fished, it was with a jig. I went with Braden, and he tried to get me seasick. That's all it was about, just see if he could get me sick, and it worked. I think that's easy. <laughs> and it, well, I've never fished in a washing machine on a full cycle. Because that's what it felt like in that past. Well, just, especially with 100 boats around you. It was just unbelievable. <laughs> but... I've only that was my only tarpon experience, and I didn't catch anything because I was I was had that bass fishing mentality, trying to set the hook instead of that circle hook doing its thing, and uh, you know I, that's all I could hear. I could still hear Braden screaming, "Quit jerking the hook!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't help it. It's just a reflex, but uh, it's getting that time. Is it not? Uh, when does that happen? That'll be more towards like April May. When they start coming back full swing, right now I mean, right now the small fish are here. the The big breeders are there; they're gone doing their thing, and so, kind of the the juveniles are what's left around. So now would be the time to start booking and making reservations and plans. Are you already 100%. booked up? I am not. So we might have an opportunity. That you, that's right. <laughs> I might have to give it at least one more time to redeem myself, so that Braden can't keep hounding me about setting the hook. Just let the, now you use circle hook. I do. All right, so all I got to do is I've got J-hooks as well. Well, maybe I better just move over to the J-hook. That way I don't have to change my tactic. Because, <laughs> you know, all my years of fishing, I've been very fortunate, a lot of luck. I always got to have that luck on my side. And uh, I've been very fortunate and blessed to catch a lot of big bass. So, and, and my just it's just my technique. i just got to set the hook and be done with it. So, J-hooks, I'm in. You got it. So, if somebody's looking for an opportunity to come down here to Inglewood and do some fishing, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, go to Gasparilla Marina or Eldridge Marina. Ask for Evan's information. You've got, got cards there. Uh, give him a telephone number. And you don't have – but do you have uh, – uh, you got a Facebook. Everybody seems oh, to have yeah. Facebook. Evan Merritt. It's just Evan Merritt. And it won't take me to your dad's place up there and say, no, look what's in the backyard. Nope, nope, nope. It'll take you It'll straight take to you. It'll take you straight to me. So Evan Merritt <laughs> down in Inglewood, if you're looking for a great day of fishing um, – that's the place to go. That's it. I, uh, you know, with all this red tide and everything, it's been tough for everybody. But last week we uh, we brought a 
40-inch redfish and a 38-inch snook to the boat back-to-back. Well, we, we talked about that earlier in the show, is about what Hurricane Michael may have done. And uh, hopefully, uh, I know what he's done in North Florida is just devastated, wrecked havoc on a lot of people. Uh, but for you guys, did it do anything as far as to help break all that up? Well, I saw last night I was going through some of my friends' posts, and uh, they, they a lot of my friends are captains. They're involved, you know, with the collecting water, and they have no red tide in their samples that they have gotten the last few days. Well, that's good. That's good news because then what usually happens there, if it's dissipating, then it's going to start falling apart, especially with the cool temperatures coming into play. I think that'll help. And, uh, of course, it'll sure help build up some drum up some business to get out there on the water. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. But uh, <clears throat> you plan on going back up to Panasofki and doing any hunting? I sure do. When are you going? Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Are you? Brian will be gone, so don't you? Yeah. We don't have to worry about bumping into him. Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to go on the guest pass because you know, so apparently where we hunt versus where he's going to be hunting, it's totally like uh, paradise. That's what I'm hearing in the backyard. What in their backyard? It's just uh, unbelievable. Jurassic I Park. Tell, yeah, I won't say where the backyard is. I just say it's somewhere in. North of uh, Sumter County. Does that give it plenty of buffer? North of Sumter? Perfect. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's in Sumter. North of Sumter County? No, yeah, I'm just it might gonna... be north end of Sumter. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to give it away because, you know, the first thing I'm going to hear when I get off air is like, why are you throwing it all out there? Because Ginger's going to be saying, "What? you know, they don't like that stuff. I said, well, I just said it was north of Sumter. I didn't say it was in Sumter County. <laughs> <laughs> now they're like, What? But uh, so you're planning on getting up there doing any? I guess you're going to make it for black powder. The muzzleloading season like kicks to. in. I'd like uh, to. Archery is what we have about one more. We got this weekend and maybe yeah, this weekend's well, it. Well, I will tell you from experience in that part of the state, the end of archery muzzleloader is when things start to crawl. That's my favorite time of year. It's just amazing. Well, I'm going to give you guys a break then. I won't be there. Hey. I'll let him. I'll let him stay a little. He's longer. gonna go sit in a tree stand, snow on his feet. You know. Yeah, I, I might get to send you some of those, but uh, I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, with this cool air that come out this morning, uh, it sure does put the bug in your ear to get out there and do something. Of course, you know, Braden, he's all filled up now, so he's feeling pretty good. Welcome back, Braden. I've never eaten a bowl of grits so fast in my life. Did you leave? <laughs> did you leave us any food? I they took. They were taking it away from me when I got there. So. All right, we're cleaning up 9 o'clock. You're done. I was like, what the what? I'm digging off the cart. Didn't you yeah. see me? I was embarrassing. <laughs> he said, you're going to throw those grits away? I was like, you are not throwing them grits away. I filled oh, up my. a bowl of them bad boys. Well, I know before the break, I was I heard to you over out. here talking yeah. about your fishing adventures. I heard how bad you were at tarpon fishing. You, you know, and I threw it out there. I was trying to figure out what Dave's last name was, but it was actually I needed to figure out what his first name was, and that was Brian. Brian. Captain Brian Elkins. As soon as he said Brian, I was like, that's Brian Elkins. Uh, you said <laughs> Dave, it's Dave well, Marquette. I mean, it's like it's pretty easy. I've been sitting hearing about Dave Marquette all morning long, so it was just kind of one of the things that stuck in my head. He's well, a you know, jigger. Uh, I was – you guys were talking about hunting and, and, and where you're going. Are you are you hunting Sumter? Is that where you're going? Is that what I'm getting here? I mean, that's where I grew up. So is that where I, you're hunting? Absolutely. Or it, okay, really? So uh, over by Floral City, where are you, where are you going to be at? Are you going to be between Floral yeah, City and, and Sumter I, I County? I'm, not, I'm just asking a legitimate question. Sure. Not the close to Floral City. <laughs> right so it's between Citrus be- Management Area, Floral City, and Inverness, somewhere around in that yeah, area. Yeah, right next to Floral City Airboats. There yeah, you go. Exactly. That's a good spot. It's <laughs> a good spot. Actually, back behind there used to be a good spot. He's out there with Double G's in the backyard, too. So, 
Oh, Double G's got more crud running through his backyard than he certainly than he does it. Well, Coral you know he didn't invite us either, so he must be saving it for himself. Yeah, his wife will be calling when those hogs start rooting around out there in the yeah, in the front yard. Then all of a sudden they need our help. What's what's the hog status up your way? And Inglewood. In Inglewood? No, no, no. In in where you gonna go deer? That hunt. place you speak not of. There's yeah. a lot of them. There are. And how come you're not helping Glenn, to reduce that population? I Glenn moved. Didn't think there oh, was I as moved. many out where we're going. So. I, I'm glad to see that there are not as many as there was last year. Last year it was plentiful. This year uh, it looks a little thin, but of course, you know what they want to done. They'll be coming up there shortly with the acorns falling. How is the acorn crop? You know, I haven't even been. I really haven't been you up haven't there been really getting, much. What in the world have you been doing, man? I've been fishing, man. Fishing yeah. what? <laughs> Fishing's always going to be here. Okay, those fish my, are always going to be there. My grandson picked up an acorn yesterday. Said, "Pa, look, coconut." And I was like, "That's not a coconut." <laughs> he had the little cap that the shell, the acorns in. I said, "That's just an acorn shell." Uh, but That's a southern coconut. I said, he can, but uh, we the can coconuts are down there on, on. You can find them down when you go to the beach. Okay, so. It, We'll have to come down there and do some what fishing. What beach? Hey, come on. Again, what's all the information somebody's listening would like to set up a fishing trip down there in Inglewood with you? Uh, my name's Captain Evan Merritt. You can find me on Facebook, Evan Merritt, and my telephone number is area code 352-303-9882. All right, that's Evan Merritt big, uh, on our Big and Wild Facebook page. We'll try to get a link up on that. No, and, uh, not unless he makes it a twofer. We get to go <laughs> and, fish and, for a day, and then he takes us up to a secret deer hunting spot. And it, <laughs> if you turn around, you didn't catch it, you can also yeah, find sure it on the do. podcast. I can't shoot at Lowry Park, dude. <laughs> yeah, we are can. Big and Wild. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. Brought to you by G5 Feet and Outdoors. Brandon Ford, we'll be right back. Thank you, Evan. And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, wrapping up here at the uh, Hooked on Hope. We are, but they are. They're out fishing full strong, man. They're out there. Boats are all taken off and out there getting their done. We're going to be uh, hanging out here till around 10 o'clock and uh, enjoying this beautiful Saturday morning. The wind finally Ooh. picked up. Feeling good now with that bright, nice dry breeze coming there out of the out of the northwest. It's really nice, man. It feels so good today. And uh, I'm sitting here thinking, you guys were talking deer hunting and all that kind of stuff. And here in my little show prep, I got this. I, I know that we've talked about this on the show a couple of times, but I wanted to keep Glenn here, but he wants to get out early. And he's got things to do today. But uh, the 10 worst state for deer crashes. The 10 worst de- uh, states for deer crashes with you automobile or? Automobiles and deer, where there's a big conflict between automobile and deer. Can, can Bill, it ain't your state no more. They're not the number one. But you no, know what? But you know what's that's, really—that's because we put a hurting on them. You know what's really funny is there's only one southern state in the top ten. Well, that that don't surprise me. Which is Georgia or Alabama? Mississippi. Eyes <laughs> off. Mississippi is number ten. You literally, the odds of hitting a deer in Mississippi are one in ninety-one. One in 91 trips to the grocery store? I guess. They have an estimated population of 1.75 million white-tailed deer in the state of Mississippi. And according to the insurance agencies, you have a 1 in 91 chance of hitting a deer while you're out driving around. Mississippi is number 10. So every every 91 trips to the grocery store, you might come back with some venison. Out of that one, you may get, you may get a deer. Uh, and Wyoming is number 9. 
But they also include, it's because the amount of deer and the different types of deer. You know, they got mule deer there. They got elk in certain areas. They also have whitetail, and they also have pronghorns, which they are actually an antelope, but they include them into the animal car crash ratio. So uh, that's a one in 88. We might as well include raccoons. Yeah, because they're deer. One in 88 chance of uh, hitting a deer in Wyoming. Well, I think we have a. We should be in the top, top two for uh, hog and automobile collision. Well, actually, I yeah, would say. Yeah, why don't we put pig in there? Yeah. I think we're. I don't. Why are you asking me? I don't. I'm not work for the You're insurance company. Put an antelope in there. Why you know what? I, I will say we're probably number one in cougars. Yeah, I'd probably. Yeah. Have and panthers. Yeah. I think we're probably number one in, yeah. uh, in panther collisions. Uh, number eight is Michigan. Michiganders have a chance one in eighty that you're going to actually hit uh, a deer while you're out riding around. Their estimated population is exactly the same as Mississippi's. 1.75 million deer in the state of Mississippi and Michigan, which I would have thought would have been much How higher than How many deer that. did Florida have? 12. They're not in here. They got one less after yesterday. Number seven is Minnesota. Many ha-ha. The odds of hitting a deer, one in 77. They have about one million white-tailed deer found in every county in the state, their animals have killed 27 people between 2012 and 2016. Minnesota officials say don't let your guard down. As we always say, when you see one deer run across, there's slow down because there's another one coming up right and, behind and, it. And what do you not do? We're coming to that later on. You number maintain six, 45 miles an hour so you have a better chance. Number six <laughs> is South Dakota. Odds of hitting a deer, one in 75. And their population is only 540,000 white-tailed deer and mule deer. And in the Black Hills, because of the curves and everything else, you don't see them, and then, bang, you hit one. Number five is Iowa, which I thought would have been in the top three because you can't drive a quarter of a mile without seeing a dead deer out there in the middle of nowhere in Perry. They're flipped all over the place. They're even up on barbed wire fences. Odds hitting a deer, one in 73. Iowa remains one of the top five states for deer crashes, has been since 2015. Wow. Department of Missouri of uh, Iowa says, as Bill George is going to try to get to, their, t- their actual saying is, don't veer for deer. Stay if a, straight. If a deer is 45. in your path, apply your brakes if you're able to, but do not swerve because you will find yourself in a far more serious crash. Take him out. The deer will give a little bit more than that tree will. Or, or whatever else you may yeah. run farm implements parked on the side of the road. Number four is Wisconsin. Odds of hitting a deer, one in 75. They have 1.3 million deer and have been identified as one of the top wildlife threats to humans in the state. I guess behind bear and something else. I don't know. Animals are involved in more than 20,000 motor vehicle crashes a year, according to their state data. The- the deer are in the top what for animal or people? One of the people? top wildlife threats to humans in well, the state. I wonder state. what that would be worse than that. I don't know. I don't think they have any alligators up there or crocodiles. I guess it's probably other other drivers. Or bear. I don't know. You hit a bear. There's I've never no, hit a bear. No. You hit a bear. I've never hit a bear. No. Number three. It's got to be Bill's. Bill, I think the last time I read something, it would have been Pennsylvania. 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 Now, get this, and Bill has brought this up. On average, every square mile in Pennsylvania is home to 30 deer. 
We have every to, square I mile. To, I might have to go with Bill on this next trip to help him get listen, those listen, reduced. You're going to have to commit when they come out with times for doe permits. There's places where you can just get a whole bunch of doe permits, and they put the, – there are not near the deer we used to have up there. But the state's estimated 1.5 million whitetails aren't the only wildlife hazards on the road, Bill George. Pennsylvania now has a population of over 1,000 elk. And their massive deer-related relatives can weigh as much as a half a ton, and the state's elk population is uh, centering in. Where else? Do you know where the greatest number of elk deer live in Pennsylvania? Allegheny. No, no. <laughs> elk no. County. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> the mascots return. The mascots we, we, are there. We go over there and take a ride and, and watch them. It, it's just crazy watching those big animals eating in people's yards. It's, and, how, it's amazing how big they actually are. Oh. Go to G5 Feeding Outdoors and look at that bronze out front. That's a life-size uh, statue of one of Bill's uh, elk that was taken off of his uh, the timbers of Chama. thing is, is massive. It's like hitting a horse. I mean, seriously. Number two is... Montana, your odds of hitting a deer in Montana are 1 in 57. The gargantuan state has around 550,000 white-tailed deer, mule deer, and plenty of room to roam, and they still find their ways into traffic. Montana Motors filed more than 14,000 insurance claims over crashes from deer from July 2017 to the June of this year. So in less than a year... They're eating good there. 14,000. What's, uh, what's the number one thing? Take your guess. Number one? Number one state for deer-related crashes in the United States of America. New York. Pretty good, but no. What about you? I'm going to say West Virginia. West Virginia. Odds of hitting a deer, one in 46. Sullivan. You Is know it? why I said West Virginia? It's why? because I just talked to a friend of mine that there not too long ago, and they the third deer they've hit in one year, <laughs> and their truck has been repaired three you, times. You, you think at some point you put a cattle guard on? <laughs> West Virginia, and it's been there. Uh, it's been there before. As a matter of fact, this is the twelfth year in a row that West Virginia, the place where you're most likely to hit a deer with your car, the winding mountain roads can make it difficult to see approaching deer until it's too late. Plus, there's about twenty-three deer for every square mile. But it says the bad news isn't all bad for West Virginia. The state has improved from last year when you had a 1 in 43 chance of running into a deer. Well, they keep running them over, so those numbers are dropped. Well, well, you know what? I, I, I will say that uh, after Iowa, the most deer I ever saw on the side of the road was in West Virginia when we went up and there. That and that amazes me. And, and, and I use roadkill deer as an economic indicator. If, if there's a bunch of roadkill deer on the side of the road, Economy's doing pretty good because otherwise <laughs> they're 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 done in the in the pot. I know Travis hey. picking them up. <laughs> well, yeah, it's illegal now to do that in Texas. You know, you can't you can't pick up roadside kill anymore because people were doing it on purpose. Well, this well, that's just dumb. Well, since Brune and Crockett now recognizes recognizes uh, roadkill, what better way to get it in the trophy books than to put one of them big giant uh, deer killer catchers on the front of your F1 350 and run around uh, 75 miles an hour on them country roads. Wow. You Lori's get a going back there. out on that big old boat. She's back at it again. Probably had to come uh, in and uh, fill pick up, up the coolers. Pick up a couple more. Yeah. Pick up Potty more break. Things. Pick up a few more pirates. <laughs> pick up a few more pirates and get out of here. And since we're on the subject of deer, 
I wanted to get you on this one. Uh, what does that mean? One minute break. And, and, and well, we ain't going to get all this in in one minute. I know, and Zeke has been sitting here listening, torturing himself through it. Zeke is just kind of hanging out. He's still hung over from the party last yeah. night. How was the party last night? It was wonderful. What? It was great. Really? Lots of food, frivolity, and pirates is oh, what yeah. I saw. It was, it was so good. It was so many people. Like, Did you stay here? No, I did not stay here. I only live like. I know that, but you think, you know, you could just say, hey, kids, we're not coming home and we're staying here tonight. No. <laughs> Date night. Date night. Date night, yeah. Especially after a rocking party for Hooked on Hope, man. Yeah. Had so many of the people there. People were crying all over the place and stories and stuff. Ten years of her doing this. It's amazing. I know, man. She's done a lot of good, man. But we are broadcasting live out at the Hooked on Hope tournament. We come back. I want to give you some information. You've been hanging your deer wrong for years. That's you, Glenn. And you, Bill George. How do you know I've been hanging my deer wrong? Because I'm going to tell to you, and you're going to go, I've never done that before in my life. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Got a few minutes left of the show. We want to thank everybody who came by to see us today. Uh, hooked on up. Dr. Cox came by. He was a great guy. Does a lot of great work out there. Um, uh, Steve uh, Yearlad. Yearad? Yearad. Yeared. Yeared. Yeah, Yeared. And uh, he came by. And uh, Ronnie Green, of course, we're going to get him back on the show uh, to talk about a fishing story. What a great guy. And uh, Dr. Lee also came by today, and uh, they're all out, of course, fishing right now. They've forgotten about us already, I guarantee, because they are scooting out of here to go out and go catch some fish, hopefully win this tournament out here at Hooked on Hope today. And uh, we are broadcasting out at the Magnuson Hotel and Marina. Beautiful place. If you don't know where this is, it's the old uh, Augie Bush uh, used to own this uh, resort down here. It's at the tip of Pinellas County, just before, right by Pinellas Point, before you hit the Sunshine Skyway. I always say it's one of those little hidden gems that uh, a lot of people don't know about. Everybody always wants to go stay at the beach or, you know, be out there and all that stuff. Here, it's quiet. It's nice. Big, giant pools. You got two separate pools. You got a play area for the kids. Lots of room to run around. Of course, they have their own beach right here, so you're not, uh, you know, having to mess around or or uh, get yelled at by some property owner saying, "Hey, you're on my, you're on my beach, you're on my property." Uh, you don't have any of that to worry about here. I mean, it's it's all right here for you on this side, north side of the Skyway, and it's a beautiful place. Plus, you can just go right right over there and catch some awesome fish. You can go right over there and catch everything from Goliath grouper, tarpon, sharks, whatever you want, right there. I mean, uh, you can, you bring your boat down you here, get, park it at the Goliath grouper, or they're next to. There's none of them out there. Oh, that's oh, what that, yeah, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> Zeke from Barracuda Tackle took over Glenn's spot because he had to get out of here. He had to jet out of here. He's got a million things to do today. You, I think he's got a wedding have, or something. Uh, documentation to contradict that? I'm jumping the water with a tank right there at the Skyway, and you might disappear in one's mouth. <laughs> yeah, they've been there for a very, very long time. Trust me. Uh, I remember as a kid uh, watching guys reel them in off the Skyway side of it after the Skyway fell, and they uh-huh. turned it into a fishing pier. You start on the manatee side over there. That dude's hauling up Goliath Grouper all the time over there, seriously. Um, it's And it's a good spot. So if you want to come here, 
Central headquarters right here at the uh, Magnuson. You can put your put boat your right boat, here. Put it, in, put it in a Maximo. Drive your trailer and your truck back over here. While uh, the wife drives the boat back around here, you tie it up. Stay right here. Stay for a week. Go do go fish till your arm falls off. It's awesome. Uh, before the break, I, I, I came across this little story this past week. I'd never heard of this before in my life, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, the headline on the story was, you've been hanging your deer wrong for years. Hmm. Now, what would you get out of that, Bill George? Well, what would what, you assume what, that they meant? Well, by I that? would think that the normal person would be whether or not it's the hind end up or the head up. Right. Okay. Well, but, let's let's but, start with but, that. But but, but I would but, think but, that but, your but, article they're talking about whether or not you should hang or not hang, or how long you should hang. And you're wrong on all points except for the last one. A rope around the neck or a gambrel uh, through the Achilles tendon is how most people hang their deer, as you pointed out. But you walk into any well-respected steakhouse locker and you will see beef hanging differently than you would hang venison. The ideal way to hang for aging and the proper technique is called the tender stretch method. The tender stretch. It sounds like something in a yoga position. Yeah. All right, class, we're going to do the tender stretch now. Reach down, grab your little toe, and bring it up over your earlobe. Uh, no, but the tender stretch method is done by placing a hook beneath the pelvic hip bone or below the ligament, passing along the backside. And when done properly, the hindquarters of your deer should hang at a 90-degree angle. And why is this method so superior, you ask? Well, it comes down to rigor mortis. When a deer is hung by the neck or by the Achilles tendon, gravity pulls on the hindquarters and puts tension on all the muscles as they experience rigor mortis. And the deer that is hung the tender stretch way, the hindquarters are relaxed and have little uh, contraction during the rigor mortis. And because of this, the aging process actually is sped up some even estimate that two days of, ten, of tender stretch hanging is equivalent of two weeks of hanging by the Achilles. You're guaranteed to notice it on the dinner plate as well. In a blind taste test, the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization. Of what state? Of, of the state of Bill George's choosing. Pitted the Achilles hung tendons against tender stretch cuts on the grill. And the panel overwhelmingly scored the tender stretch meat better in taste, juiciness, and tenderness, especially for the rump roast, strip loin, outside flat, and topside steaks. In a similar test with stir-fried cuts, the tender stretch strip loin, outside flat, topside steaks won again. Okay. For, for almost every listener in the state of Florida, that means and nothing. Around the world, and around the world. That yeah. means nothing. In the, for the Florida people, because the majority of people don't have a cooler or a locker they can put their deer in to hang them for that long. They're no. cut up, they're it put in the cooler. It depends. I mean, I understand that. Yeah, you're right. And the reason for the tender stretch method is so popular is because it's also economical for butchers. Uh, the reason why it isn't, I'm sorry, is because uh, hanging by an Achilles takes up, of course, less room in the freezer, so you can stuff more in there. 
And it says if you're doing your own processing, though, there's no reason to run a knife through the tendons ever again if you have a freezer. But as Bill George pointed out, in Florida especially, with the heat and the temperatures that we have here, the chances, mean. the chances but, of a deer hanging out on the front porch for uh, four days is slim to none. Or in uh, the barn. Yeah. I mean, you're, but, you're trying to get it out of there as quickly as possible. And chances are, here in Florida, your, your deer is shot, cleaned, skinned, and quartered and put in a cooler before it even has a chance to go into rigor mortis. Unless you can't find it for a few minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, I mean, if it sits out overnight, then, wh- I mean, whatever. I guess it's already tenderized. But a lot of people, if you want to age some meat, you can put it in some trays and put it in a refrigerator and and age it in a refrigerator. You know, I, I still, to this day, I, one of the most interesting things I ever saw and one of the freakiest things I ever saw uh, back in the day, we used to hunt the Hi-Hat Ranch down south a lot, and they had a lot of doe tags. So they wanted us to go down there and, and help to knock the doe numbers down. So we would go on a Saturday, shoot two does, clean them, skin them, hang them in the freezer. Then on the following week, you shoot two does, hang those, and then take the two that were hanging for a week, butcher those down, and take those home. Fabulous. Great. Well, I noticed that over in this corner there was a deer that, that that stayed there, or at least there was always one there. And I just assumed that it was a new deer every week. One day I walk in there, and it's white. And I was like, oh, dude, man, somebody shot an albino deer? That's awesome. You got one here on the ranch? They're like, no, that's not albino. Go that's... take a look at it. It was mold. mold. Mold growing on the deer carcass. The guy that shot that deer, that deer had been in that same spot for over a month. And he would come in about every two weeks and he would rub down the deer with um, Clorox and water to uh, kill the mold. He literally would let his deer hang for almost two months and would come in and clean it repeatedly, maybe two or three times before he took it home. I had never heard of that before in my life. I'm like, literally, you're waiting for it to get to the point of where it's almost rot before Melt you your mouth and that's exactly what he said he goes because it, it's the most tender deer meat you'll ever have in your life i went yeah but i mean uh, when you're on the borderline of rank how can that be tasty that's not good what's the longest you ever let a deer hang seriously a week a week is the most i've ever done three days hanging in a tree in missouri but of course it was uh about uh, 14 degrees at night and 32 during the day. So, yeah. I mean, it really didn't do anything. But I thought, month, month, two months? Are you out of your mind? But some people do. Well, thanks again to everybody who came out and kind of be a part of the show. Don't forget, next weekend we're going to be broadcasting live out at the Hillsborough County Fair. We'll be out there with G5 Feeding Outdoors. We hope you'll come by and see us. It'll be a great time had by all. We'll see you next Saturday, everybody. Have a great weekend. It's a beautiful day. See you. Bye.